Like, oh, I got to show you. I got a new uh, player. She works really well. I stopped at the Nostalgia Warehouse. I, I was looking around. I got uh, the wall, Pink Floyd. Do they have a lot of do they have a lot of tapes there? Uh, they have a small selection. It's pretty good. They have got some pretty like fun ones too. I got uh, some uh, Charles Band films. I got uh, Trancers, the original, yeah. and they had Trancers two and three. So I was like, I I want to just pick this up. And I like picking up the tapes of like weird shit that's kind of hard to come by on like oh yeah uh, DVD and shit because some of the stuff was never released or it's just uncommon. So I like to I like to pick up some of that stuff. But yeah, I got a I got a new player. It's um. It's a combo DVD um oh nice tape player because that's, that's a good find. Because the, the one I had, that was the one I found for free on the side of the road. I tried cleaning it and it like made it worse. I was like, okay, I, I, this thing's old. I, I don't really know yeah. how much more I can do with this. So I've I've been kind of looking around for like a, a VCR DVD combo because they're newer machines. So I figured more reliable. And uh yeah, there's yeah. a guy just in Ottawa South, he was selling it for 20 bucks. I went and picked it up and uh I had a tape. I was I had one of the original Star Wars tapes, so I was playing it on my old machine before, and it was like super choppy. Every like couple of seconds, audio video would cut out, come back in, and um, picture would sometimes be weird. And then I played it first thing on this machine, like brand new, like looks so good. And the good thing is, it's got the um, the uh, the the component, um, the like the red green, like the extra like plugins, so you can plug in like the component cable or as a composite. I always mix them up, and that one uh, it'll make the picture clearer too because I've got. I've got an old composite cord because my old 360 used to was pre HDMI. I used to have those fucking gaudy ass like three six prongs you had to plug in. So yeah, I've got a spare cord lying around, so I might try to set it up for that and see what it looks like with the tapes. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited because I have a few here that I I haven't really been watching because I don't have a machine. So now I, I the the flag has been raised for me to start buying them. Although I don't have a lot of space to put any of them, so I'm gonna have to be uh, selective yeah. with what I get, I guess. For sure, yeah, they do take up a lot of space. I got, uh, oh yeah, I got Phantasm two. Yo, nice on cut box, and then I got Affleck. Um, you is the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Yeah, <laughs> I got Little Shop of Horrors too. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. suddenly Seymour. Yeah. Oh man, good movie. So I got, um, I got something. Else. I can't remember. I got Flintstones and something else, but I don't recall. But yeah, like I said, I'm gonna go through um all mine and i'll check i'll find out all my doubles and everything and then i'll just yeah, like, i'll just let you know what i got and then you can just like like again i'll probably just end up donating whatever you don't want and then uh because i know i have i know i do have some doubles of certain ones just by accident so you could probably always sell some of them i know because people a lot of people collect them and stuff now yeah the only thing is, is yeah like the thing shipping is and all that yeah, well, you should you, actually you should join now. You should join the VHS Collectors Canada uh, Facebook. Yeah. I'll take a look. Yeah, I'm gonna search yeah. that up. Should that come up? VHS Collectors. VHS Collectors Canada. Yeah. Oh, I think it's think it's up there. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll join that group. Sure. Yeah. So oh. what happens is th this is how I get a lot of my tapes. So what they'll do is they'll they'll do what the what's called a fire sale. Yeah. So you just turn notifications on for that post and then they'll just start like every like 30 seconds, they start posting, like they'll post a picture. They'll be like Godfather two, a dollar. Oh, wow. uh, that's how I got Phantasm and little shop of horrors because the guy was like, you know, $4 for little shop and $5 for Phantasm. And then you just, the first one to comment claim or me or whatever underneath then they'll 
then they'll DM you and be like, all right, so your total is uh, $9. What's your address? Boom. Okay. I have a Canada Post um, account, so it's cheaper. It'll be like, cool. you know, it'll be like 20 bucks and it'll ship to your house, for example. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, that's how I get a lot of my, like, like it's mostly horror that people are after, right? Like, oh, yeah. That's the most popular is the horror yeah, stuff. Most other stuff is like, yeah. But like that's where you're gonna get rare tapes, and then if you ever want any, like there's been times where, like I wanted Ernest Scared Stupid, so I was like, I just took a picture of Ernest Scared Stupid on Google, and I'm like, does anybody have a copy on VHS of this? Let me know. Five minutes later, some guy direct messaged me like, Hey man, I live in Toronto. I saw that you live in Ottawa. You don't live far. I have a copy. I'll sell it to you for five bucks. Boom, ship nope. it. You know, e-transfer, <laughs> no bullshit. That's how I got like. A majority of my good tapes anyway nice like, that's good yeah i also found pink floyd the wall in the wild too and that's a oh really thing. nice oh, yeah yeah it's fun when you see stuff in the wild you're like oh man because i mean back even like 10 years ago you could find way more stuff now it's a bit harder but like, oh yeah I, I found i found uh what was it in the wild that's where i found lost highway was that valley village yeah that's like, a great you know, find because lost yeah. highway you'll find them you'll see lost highway on fire sales that's where i got my lost highway because yeah i think i paid like two bucks or three bucks yeah for it. i'd imagine oh. i'll lynch it's more like desired now and stuff like i yeah. I, I do have do and that's the one of the last ones i got was dune on tape yeah that was fun because i my dad that was the first lynch one i ever watched my dad was a huge dune fan like he even played the old yeah. computer game so i grew up as a kid watching dune on tape that was my first lynch movie so even though that movie universally everyone thinks it sucks like it's kind of like got a piece of my heart because i just I love watching it. I rewatched it right before I saw the new one, and I'm like, the old one smokes the new one. I don't care what people say. Oh yeah, <laughs> you you do have Dune on tape, right? That was your first one. Yeah, well, that that was that's what I picked up recently. I, I have it on tape right. uh, over somewhere in the corner there, but sick. A couple of DVDs I got. To, I don't know if I actually showed them. Let me see. I've got a pile of crap that I. This was picked up more recently, but uh, I think I put one of the tapes away. No, oh, where the hell did I put it? Oh, I got to, <laughs> let me see if I can reach up here. Fuck, it's so high up. Climb up this motherfucker. All right. I got a, I don't know if I showed this last time. This was like, a, I think a couple of months. This was before I got married, but I picked up a, some few things. I got the Dune tape, so I had yeah. to get that one. Um, I got that copy too. Got a few DVDs. I, I love finding like weird stuff. So I picked this up. It's called Dr. Crazy. It's like an Ottawa public health, like PSA about like yeah. anti-smoking. So no like, fucking way you found that on v on DVD. Yeah, it's like called Dr. Crazy. I've never I don't know if I've ever seen it, but maybe I did when I was a kid, but it's got a bunch of like yeah. I think it's from like 2000 and something. Yeah. So I have seen that. That's crazy. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Uh yeah, it's on I used to work with show me that. Yeah, and it's even got the disc apparently if you plug it in your computer, it's got like resources for teachers. I guess there's like worksheets and stuff for kids to do and stuff. So what pretty funny. Fuck? Yeah. Where'd I know that was that? so uh, the nostalgia warehouse. So I saw it there and I was like, I'm gonna just snag this because it looked fucking funny and weird as hell. So Amazing. Um, I also got Joe's apartment on DVD because I've heard this no one's way. very come by. So I used to love watching this as a kid. Like that's so fun. And then I, I just saw it and I've I've actually never seen it. And I know everyone loves it. Uh, the drunken master, the Jackie Chan one. So amazing. I think I actually have that on tape. Yeah, this one I'm excited to uh, check out because everyone loves that and I've, I've i've actually like i think i've barely seen any jackie chan stuff like i've seen like some of the big american stuff but i want to get into more of his classic stuff so i have uh one sec one sec 
Okay, oh, I'll man. tell you right now, this is the one that, that you want to watch. This is called Dragons Forever. Okay? Oh, nice. This fucking movie is 10 out of 10 funny. 10 out of 10. <laughs> this is one of the best. My buddy gave this to me because I oh, love cool. the house. And he has, he has multiple copies of this. So he's like, here, just take this. This movie slaps. So fucking funny. Nice. I got two um, at Value Village. I found The Conjuring for five hey, bucks. Hey, nice. And and then I went to Odds and Sods the other day, and I got... Oh, they're good. I, I haven't been there in a while, but they seem like they have a lot of good stuff there, like Blu-rays and stuff and tapes and everything. Oh, yeah. So I got Parasite. Nice. And that was 12 bucks, but... That's dope. A movie that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't pass it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. Who is it? Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode number 64 of the Seats Direct Movie Podcast. My name is John. Joining me today is my co-host, Quinn. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, today is a good one. It's November 6, 2022. We uh, just had a good shot talking some movies, tapes we've been looking for, collecting. I may even throw that in as uh, pre-show stuff. We'll we'll see how this goes. But uh, today's a fun one. We just did a whole uh, series of episodes doing uh, our Spooky Cannon Month. We had some fun discussions talking a whole suite of movies. Uh, but the horror never stops here at Seat Struck. You know, we're, all, we're horror 365 days a year. Um, so we're kicking off. Just, you know, starting November, December, it's the holiday season. What better way to celebrate the upcoming Christmas season than talking Halloween? So we're talking a bunch of the Halloween sequels, two all the way through to the last of the classic sequels, number six. Um, starting today off talking Halloween number two, kind of like a little bit of like a John Car- Carpenter bonus as well, because he actually did have some involvement in this film. Uh, he helped work on the score, of course. He also uh, wrote the film. He was the primary primary writer and also produced the film as well, too. Um, one of the last ones that he really had a lot of direct involvement with, a little bit less with part three, but um, after that, his involvement in the series was, up until recently, was pretty much nil, uh, kind of to his chagrin as well, too. Um, so we'll be talking Halloween, too. Uh, but before we get into it, we'll kick off talking uh, new movies we've added uh, to our watch list, movies we want to watch some point in the future whenever we have time uh quinn is there anything new that you've been wanting to uh check out yeah absolutely um i added a couple things so the first thing that i added uh is a movie called the relic um came out in 1997 Uh, i heard about it on uh online and it's like a horror mystery sci-fi thriller kind of thing and it's about a homicide detective and an anthropologist try to destroy a south american lizard like god who's on a people-eating rampage in a Chicago museum. Mm. Apparently, I like the sound of that. Yeah, apparently it's pretty good. And I was like, okay, the relic uh, sounds okay. Um, it's a you know cult classic, I suppose. So yeah, people are super into it. I gotta check that out. Cool. Next one, you're gonna laugh. Um, okay, so I gotta give a shout out to a guy online. Is He goes by Nostalgia Video. You should check out his YouTube, check out his uh, Instagram page. He built a um, he built a uh, a movie store in his basement 
And I think, it's like I think one, I've seen this on TikTok. It's like an old style, yeah. like blockbuster, like more like a mom and pop store with like yeah. everything set up. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, he he's he's got a great uh, a great setup. But the thing is, is every day or every year for Halloween, he sets up his basement and he'll do a video. It's like half an hour long, and that he um, uh, he sets it up and then he'll film like his all of his shelves. So he'll show like his whole collection of everything. Oh wow, that's cool. You know, by genre and by uh, shelf and everything like that. So he had one that I actually burst it out laughing on his horror shelf. And the movie is called Rabid Grannies. <laughs> and on it, there's like two older ladies and they look like they're like, they look like they just came out of a house fire. And oh, there's wow. a girl who's like screaming scared on the front. Bad day at the bingo. <laughs> yeah. And it says there's like a glass with, there's a glass with dentures in it, but the dentures have oh. fangs in the glass of water. <laughs> you got to look it up. And it says, oh, it says they love their grandchildren. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, absolutely hilarious. It's actually a French film called Le Meme Cannibal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and That's it's, so good. it's a comedy horror. It came out in 1988 and it's cool. about, Two sweet little old ladies fall victim to an ancient curse that transforms them into bloodthirsty killers. Oh. So I am team rabid grannies this week and I will be oh, checking yeah. that out uh, wherever I can find that. <laughs> um, and I also have one more that I added this week. Nice. And it's a comedy, fantasy, horror. Um, it's a Mel Brooks film who I'm a huge oh, yes. fan of that I've never seen called Dracula dead and loving it oh, um, starring the wonderful Leslie Nielsen rest in peace. Um, and it's Mel Brooks's parody of the classic vampire story and its famous film adaptations. So um, actually Mel Brooks is in the film. I believe there's a few other, a uh, few other pretty cool stars in it. Um, but yeah, just uh, I'm expecting it to be, you know, similar, similar, uh, humor to airplane and and uh the naked mm -hmm. gun and stuff like that so yeah cool. those are what i added this week what about you john cool yeah so i've got a, i got a few new recent ones on my list uh one of them uh came out in 2015 uh directed by uh peach pong we're sathical uh called cemetery splendor i've heard some really good things about this director um and what interestingly enough he just got a whole bunch of movies added on movie they're doing a little feature of him this I think this month of uh, most of his early earlier films, I think. So I'm, I might watch all of those because that this is one of them. So it just got added. So I'm like, perfect. I can actually watch it somewhere. Uh, so this one um, roughly described him to me as uh, it's about a group of soldiers who get this mysterious kind of illness. They're sick and um, they start to kind of hallucinate and have dreams. And it kind of delves into some sort of uh, dreamscapes, weird, uh, I guess I would call it like Lynchian style, uh, um, uh, phantasmagoria but also like puts you in a little bit of like a spiritual experience um, kind of makes me think it's going to be almost like tree of lifestyle I don't know with a little bit of horror elements I don't know but it a peach upon where Sathical is a Thai director and so a lot of his films are kind of work with this sort of style and I've heard them really highly praised I think uh, one of his first ones was um, Uncle Boon Me who can recall his past life that also kind of goes through different time periods and, and stuff like like that and what been a very successful director on the festival circuit so want to check that one out and get into some of his works uh when i can uh one that i remember coming out was very well liked 
2015, directed by the great Shane Black. The Nice Guys, the one with uh, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell, I think Russell Crowe's in it as well, too. I had never seen it, but I've heard people say nothing but good things about it. Kind of a little bit of like a black comedy. This private investigator um, investigates the apparent suicide of a porn star. It takes place in 70s L.A., and they start to kind of uncover this conspiracy, kind of a little bit of a buddy cop thing between Gosling and Crow. I always find Gosling to be a really underrated, funny guy. Like he did that so rom-com, crazy, stupid funny. love. He's really funny in that. And yeah. even in movies where it's more of like a rom-com or that style, like he's always really funny. Even like La La Land, he's a, he's super funny in some of his scenes. So, um, yeah. and I love Russell Crowe too. So excited to check this one out. I've heard people say nothing but good things about it. Dude, um, it's actually extremely good. Like it doesn't get the praise that it deserves. Mm-hmm. I won't ruin it, but there, there's a scene when Ryan Gosling's on the, he's on the toilet and he's in like a public bathroom and he's like having a conversation with Russell Crowe. He's that he has the door open. And he keeps he keeps trying to close the door with his foot, but it keeps like bouncing back open. You'll know what I'm talking about when you see it. It's absolutely hysterical. Very very good movie. Oh man, I'm excited to check that one out. Uh, another one I've been wanting to check out by a later film by Abel Ferrara called uh, Tommaso, which came out in 2019. Um, it's thought, the movie's about uh, I guess has a little bit of probably some biographical elements, but talks about this American expat film director who's now living in Rome with his young wife and their daughter. And uh, he's disoriented by his past misgivings and subsequent unexpected blows to his self-esteem. He wades through this late chapter of his life with an increasingly impaired grasp on reality as he prepares for his next film. Um, I'm interested to check this one out. I kind of, as as I read the description of it, I imagine it's a little bit of, um, again, a little bit of self-biographical inserts by Abel Ferrara, you know, an older director, maybe kind of grasping with his own past and his presence in current cinema. But I and it's I think it's got Willem Dafoe in the main role. So um, this one kind of went under the radar because I think it, it dropped. A lot of the 2019 films dropped and didn't really get good theatrical releases because of COVID. Like I know Baccaro is one of my favorite movies. That one literally was supposed to get a theatrical release, I think like literally March, third week of March, like 2020, like didn't happen. I think it ended up getting like, one week of showing and if that was a movie that got a big release it would have been way more popular and i feel like this one also kind of missed the boat a little bit but excited to check this one out um heard some good things on it as well um and i guess that takes us then into uh what we watched this week so uh quinn you're welcome to start us off i know if you had a chance to watch some fun stuff the last week and week or two what what have you uh what have you been checking out yeah man so uh the first thing that i watched was a movie called uh terrifier uh so i know the sequel just came out it's causing a lot of uh, fainting and puking and passing out. Shitting and farting and pissing. Yeah, yeah everyone's everything. Yeah, it. like yeah, <laughs> Un- unwanted childbirths. It's it's causing. Yeah, a lot yeah. Of- wow, crazy stuff going on. Yeah, lot lots of stuff. Yeah, be careful out there if you're if you're even remotely close to Terrifier Two. I already get a rash if you touch the Blu-ray once again. Yeah, the up. event horizon happens when the movie starts or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched the first Terrifier on Tubi and uh, I actually enjoyed it. It's a shit movie and it's very violent, but I do like the, um, I do like, I do like Art the Clown. I do think he's like a awkward and terrifying and he's a really messed up individual. And like I said, it's, it's a, it's a shock value film. They definitely go for gore and the kills are very memorable um one of them involving a girl who is upside down that it was all i will say and it gets crazy oh yeah um so yeah i watched terrifier looking forward to watching the second one i might watch it 
soon. I don't know. I might wait to go see it in the Mayfair. I know they're playing it soon at the Mayfair, our local theater here in Ottawa. Um, so I'm going to check that out as soon as I can. Um, <clears throat> the second movie I watched is a newer release called Barbarian. Wow. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, apart from Justin Long's acting, which we can all forgive him for that. He doesn't turn into a walrus in this one, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're all right. Um, it's about a woman staying in an Airbnb, discovers discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some crazy stuff that goes on uh, starring uh, a girl who I've never heard of called Georgina Campbell, who does a really good job, actually, in this role. Um, Bill Skarsgård uh, recently played Pennywise the Clown in the It remakes um he's good in it too and of course justin long who i like just his acting isn't the greatest which is fine um so yeah watch that and actually the third movie that i watched i actually watched four movies i just remembered i forgot to throw it in our notes here but the, the the next two go hand in hand so the first one i watched was x uh came out in 2021 um by director ty west and I am happy to say that X is my favorite horror movie of the year. Of the, oh wow, yeah, of of it is my number one that I've watched this year. I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, starring uh, Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, uh, Brittany Snow, Kid Cudi, who I love. Um, yeah, phenomenal. I I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, it's yeah, it's awesome just very very well done um fun crazy kills unexpected yeah. um a24 which is my favorite distributor right now i just love their movies um yeah, yeah. very Sex, stylish I, like very like, much like texas chainsaw obviously got a lot of very Tony, yeah Toby it's Hooper very 70s slasher um the camera work is good it's like funny sometimes when it doesn't need to be but very just enjoyable movie i just had a lot of fun watching it um and then i ended up watching the prequel which came out a few months later which was called pearl um and that was also starring um mia goth as well and uh, i don't really want to go into too much of the details because there's characters and that die and live in some of them and i don't want to get into it but um yeah pearl is the prequel to x so definitely check out x and pearl um both are well worth time and i think i pearl more than x because i've only seen x so i haven't seen i did not i did not i did not i liked x a lot more than pearl okay cool. Uh, i thought pearl was good and everything but um it wasn't what i was expecting but again um it's like its own thing so like they were able to like do what they sort of wanted to do with it um yeah i just thought it was more um yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought because I, I, I love like 70s slasher films and stuff like that, like Texas Chainsaw and stuff. So I just I don't know. I just thought X was just a more enjoyable film. And um, I found Pearl to be a lot of like. Like unnecessary scenes and like it was mm-hmm. more of a, it was a, it was a lot more of a slow burn than I thought, whereas X is like it's an hour and 45 minutes of just like just pure entertainment, like like, you know, whether it's like sex or cool scenes or the soundtrack is great or like funny parts or good kills like it's just entertaining whereas yeah. Pearl was like maybe 
maybe 30 40 percent of it was entertaining you know what i mean yeah uh, exactly but definitely yeah x takes the cake on there for me uh what about you john would you watch I haven't watched a whole lot because I've been watching a lot of TV. So I guess to give an early insight, I've been watching uh, the newest season of The Handmaid's Tale, which has come out. I think it's just about to wrap. Um, I'll just say enjoying it so far. So I'll talk about it. And a long awaited watch because I've never seen it before. I think I watched the pilot years and years ago. So I know a bit about it, but never watched it. I finally getting into Twin Peaks. So I'm almost done season one of Twin Peaks. So excited to talk about that. Um, Obviously, a lot more to go. I think season two is like three times the amount of episodes and i know there's a lot of kind of consternation around it but excited to get into it i am enjoying it so far i really enjoy it so i'll be able to gush about it next week in more detail once i yeah. finish it. i think i think i've got one episode left so pretty much near the end i um, like but- i like twin peaks it's so uh it's so it's so different it's like nothing like it doesn't feel like anything else on TV. Like no, I mean, you think about when it came like, out in 1991, like yeah. there was no show like it. I mean, now there's there's some shows that are like it, and there's a lot of shows that came out following Twin Peaks that are obviously very influenced by it. Even something like The Sopranos with its dream sequences feels like yeah. it owes a, a lot to um, a lot of the stuff that Lynch and, and Mark Frost were doing with Twin Peaks. And but yeah, even today though, it still feels like a, something out of time. Like there's no other shows coming out that really feel like it like a weird noir soap opera comedy um horror like it's just so many different elements and it's just visually it's so amazing to watch sonically with the music it it just it's so satisfying like just watching the big the opening credits like you get into it it. It, like it's like a little bit of soothing um stuff so yeah excited to talk about it more detail i'm really enjoying it um brilliant but did watch a few things this week um uh, I rolled out on Halloween to the Bytown. One of my favorite movies uh, was being played, House or Houseu, the uh, Japanese movie uh, by Obayashi. Um, I'm a, a huge fan of this film. I watched it, I think, for the first time uh, a couple of years ago and was totally into it. Um, it helped that I was under the influence of a couple of uh, substances at the time, so that helped too. <laughs> but a uh, really great film. I actually ended up getting it on the, the Criterion uh, uh, as well too. Um Roughly, a, quite a quick description of the film. Uh, Nobuyuki Obayashi came from working in television commercials in Japan. Um, very kind of weird style, a lot of like mishmash of different things and colors and and, and imagery. And Jap- Japan, like the film studio, they they pegged him. They wanted him to be to make the next Jaws, the Jaws of Japan. Well, this movie is nothing like Jaws, uh, but it's basically a movie about a bunch of teenage girls. All are kind of named after their own personalities. There's like Fantasy, who's like a daydreamer. There's um kung fu who's like the sporty buffy type and they're all these different girls they're all friends one of the girls i think it's fantasy her um aunt uh, she gets an invitation to go visit her aunt at this new house her dad is actually getting married to a new uh wife and there's a lot of bit of, bit of consternation but the aunt invites all the girls over little do we know the aunt is actually a, a somewhat of a witch and they go to the house and crazy shit starts to happen um notably this film was actually um allegedly uh obayashi when he wrote it he actually had his youngest daughter involved in the film and she was i think about six or seven years old so she actually is credited as like being one of the writers of the film and it feels like it because this film feels like it follows the logic of a child it feels like a saturday morning cartoon come to life and even though i don't know if there was this was a direct influence but watching this movie i see a lot of like sam raimi i see a lot of peter jackson like a lot of what raimi would do with his style of horror feels like it comes right from this i don't know if because you know back in the you know in the 70s 80s i don't know if sam raimi was watching this and getting this at the video store it probably would have been hard to come by but um it, it's it's really a really brilliant film i know it's kind of gained a lot of popularity recently because for many years it was a good kind of midnight 
madness type of film and uh, now more recently ever since it hit the criterion collection has been a lot of people really into it but it's a really fun film it was so so cool seeing it at the theater for the first time because the first time i saw it was just here on my big screen um i saw the theater with my wife had never seen it most of the credits say had never seen it it was pretty much a sell i don't think it was a sellout but it was pack 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 and people were losing it they're having a good time a lot of laughs um it's really to me re-watching it i was getting really choked up because if you know the history of the film i don't want to get too much into it because it's not the type of we don't we don't delve too much into spoilers in the what we watched but the film has a lot of obayashi's own influence growing up it is a child in hiroshima and his experiences with war and death and you see those elements when you rewatch it if you pay a little bit more attention it's there and it's really dark and bleak and it's weird watching a bunch of people laughing while you're like wow i almost want to cry because this is so sad i'm maybe i was just a little bit too baked as well too but um it's a really <laughs> beautiful film it's a lot a lot of kind of darkness under the sub surface if you do watch it i know on the criterion i think probably on vimeo there's a few video essays talking about kind of the world war ii influences on the film and and kind of the effects of the, the atomic bombings and really interesting to check out so it's it's got some cool visual insight into it as well so i'd recommend it everyone should watch it another one i watched because um never seen this one before and we were looking for something silly to watch and so my wife recommended this one uh the master of disguise with dana carvey never <laughs> seen it you know i've seen that i saw the commercials the kid you know i'm not totally enough for the turtle club turtle turtle um i kind of liked it i don't know for me i i remember a few months ago i watched freddie got fingered for the first time and i came away from that like this is the godfather this is like one of the best comedies i've ever seen in my life this is a data masterpiece and i don't think this is exactly as good as Freddy got fingered, but it does feel like a little bit of, it's got that weird, weird daddest kind of style where nothing makes sense. There's a lot of non sequiturs. Um, when Dana Carvey is finally like getting the disguise uh, powers and he's going full, constantly imitating like Al Pacino and he's playing like H Hopper in the, in the uh, boat talking about the, the shark with the black eyes, like a doll's eyes. I was cracking up. It's pretty funny. The movie's pretty dumb otherwise like there's basically like the plot is pretty thin the villain played by uh brent spiner who plays data and star trek pretty pretty bad villain the jokes are pretty repetitive um but it was pretty charming and funny i kind of miss comedies like this like it just it feels so creative and it's got so much fun design it's almost like freddie got fingered for children because it's not very it's not a very like aimed at a mature audience it feels a little bit more juvenile a little bit more fun for the family um, so I really liked it. And it was pretty funny because I this what Dana Carvey's character, uh uh oh God, what's his name? Um I can't remember his name, god damn it. But um uh, he's really obsessed with big booty. So I'm like, well, he's he would he would do well in 2022, you know. He could live to see uh um the big booty era come to full fruition. So I feel good for him on that front. But yeah, I, I thought it was pretty funny. I had a couple of giggles there. The end credits are wild. Like I don't want to spoil the movie, but like watch the entire credits because it's just like it goes on and on and it's so wild and weird. I kind of wish the movie just went full tilt into weirdness, but it kind of plays a little bit too much like a conventional kind of Austin Powers style a happy Madison comedy. And it's, that's probably the only real negative part of it. Otherwise it's, it's pretty fun. So yeah, nothing amazing. It's no, uh, it's no five-star movie, but I, I, I came out of it really digging it. So I love when he's like, <laughs> I love when he's like, become another person, become another. Yeah. Person. <laughs> he's like running away. <laughs> become another person. <laughs> oh, there's this scene where like, he's getting chased by the bodyguards and he's like, in the water. Like, he said, yeah. 
dude. And he's in a ghillie suit and he's got like cow pie on his face and he he runs away <laughs> and they run by. They're like going past the bus stop and they're like, where is he? They run by and he's sitting there holding a newspaper and like puts the newspaper down. He's like covered in shit and like grass and stuff. It's so fucking, I, I cracked up when I saw that. Oh my, oh my God. God. Dude. Oh, it's funny. Um, Curtis actually also watched a few things. He was He's not here today, as you can obviously tell, but he was kind enough uh, to leave some notes on some of the stuff he just watched. So he watched um, the newest film on Netflix. Um, I guess the third adaptation, because this is based on a, a, a novel, uh, which there was a 1930s original release and then a 1970s release, which I've seen. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, um, a novel... Uh, I would call it, I guess, an anti-war novel, but it's written as a kind of an account from German soldiers, which is actually kind of interesting. A lot of the media we consume about World War One, World War II, it always comes from, you know, Americans or British. It's like rah-rah, pro-war, very, you know, talking about the glory of war. And, you know, some media is a little bit more critical. It's rare to see a kind of really popular piece of media coming from, you know, the German perspective, at least here in North America. So um, Curtis said he really enjoyed this new adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front. And he was very positive. He said... It's possibly the best anti-war movie I've seen since Come and See. Wow, that's big praise. Um, he said, beautiful production values, cinematography, especially the rich color palette. Uh, Netflix handled the film very well, and it's bleak without being too nihilistic. It is not a faithful adaptation of the book or original film, but important in its own way and possibly my favorite film of the year. I really like seeing these films from the German perspective, too. It shows you how stupid it all is from the naively uh, comic, sorry, romantic privates to the douchebag generals who drink wine in their dark apartments and feed their dogs steak while the young man die on the battlefield eating hardtack and fighting off rats. I think this is a much better film than 1917 or Dunkirk, which were very good films, but felt overly nationalistic. Ah, that's pretty good praise. I will say I've seen the 1970s All Quiet on the Western Front. Have you have you seen that movie at all? The All Quiet on the Western Front before? Not yet. No, but um, I'm a big war movie guy and I it's just a matter of time. Probably by the next week I'll see it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty the the new one looks really good. But I've seen the 70s one and the 70s one I really dug because um it really, assuming this film is like this one, you know, same source material, kind of talks about a bunch of young German boys who are, you know, they're 18, 17, 18, about to leave high school. And there's a sense of, you know, our lives are starting and fuck, we're stuck in this war now. And my friends are dying around me. And it does, it play, paints war as a pretty fucking brutal experience and kind of boring too. a lot of just walking around, grabbing shit and then getting stuck in a fucking ditch in the mud for weeks and getting gangrene and crap. It looks miserable. Um, thank God I was born a hundred years later because I'd be dead right now in Europe somewhere. So, you know, thanks the shout out for being born in the nineties. Really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I want to check this one out because I've heard, I've heard, some people be very positive on it and obviously Curtis likes it. So excited to check that one out. Um, Curtis also rolled out for the newest um, uh, film by uh, I want to say it's uh, I think it's Ruben Asplund or I think that's his name. I'll, actually, I'm going to Google it because I don't want to butcher um, his actual name and uh, paint him wrong. But uh, this film is called uh, Triangle of Sadness. Um, a new popular comedy that just came out. Oh, yeah, Ruben Ostlin, that's it. I want to make sure got it right. Um, he's done a bunch of other movies. I think he did a Force Majeure as well, too, which was a very popular film. This film also, Triangle of Sadness, won the uh, Palme d'Or at Cannes this year. Uh, a comedy about a bunch of rich people stranded on a boat that goes, it's like a, it looks like a big luxury liner and it goes, it goes kind of, things go wrong. Um, Curtis said, maybe the jokes didn't translate well for the German dubs, uh, but this one was so boring that I walked out after the first hour Cool concept, rich elitists on a super yacht cruise get stranded on an island, uh, but the execution is terrible, and I think it could have been way more subtle instead of constantly bashing you over the head with it. And he says, I say this as a socialist who loves a good critique of late-stage capitalism. 
Woody Harrelson is in it, though, which is always a plus. And Charlie B. Dean is a highlight. And he mentions that, sadly, she actually died before its international release. She just, I think, passed away a few months ago. So unfortunate because she was sort of the breakout star in this film. Um, Yeah, Curtis didn't like it, but I will say this film... It's been getting good reviews. Apparently, it's really funny. Um, so check it out if you like. Maybe go in with some reservations, though. Um, I, I know some of Austin's films, um, you know, following force measures, some people are a little bit mixed on them. And even when this one, I think, uh, at the Palm Door, some people were a little bit um, surprised, or I, they, I guess they felt it was a little bit safe, safe choice. But that's typical for a lot of film festivals. I think The Fablemans also is going to get some good buzz at the Oscars, that new Spielberg one. So, um, yeah, want to check this one out as well, too. And uh, yeah, that takes us to talking about Halloween 2. So before we kind of get into it, Halloween 2, where are we at? So 1981, years following Halloween, Halloween was obviously a massive hit. Um, One of, even to this day, one of the biggest box office successes of all time. It made like something like $300 million with inflation um, based on a, you know, sub of million dollar budget. Literally, they were just driving around Pasadena with bags of leaves and and shit and sprinkling them everywhere. But of course, after the release of Halloween, uh, some ideas were introduced for a possible sequel. There was even possibly a story involving Laurie moving to a high, high rise building, kind of like what was done in Someone's Watching Me. That would have kind of been a cool take on the material, uh, considering that film's almost like a bit of like a proto Halloween anyway. Um, so one of the producers, Erwin Yablans, was eager to make a sequel. Not so much everyone else. Carpenter in particular didn't want to make a sequel. He was working on The Fog. He was involved in other things. And he even kind of viewed Halloween as like that was the movie that really kickstarted his career. He kind of wanted the idea of being involved, but not actually directing it because he thought it would give other people a good shot as well, too. Um, So he was approached to direct the film, but he refused. Um, He actually suggested Tommy Lee Wallace. He was a director, as we all know, uh, kind of like a Carpenter protege. It would end up directing Halloween 3 and he's done other stuff since then. Um, But after he was refused... Um, they went with uh, Rick Rosenthal, who was involved in the project. Uh, Deborah Hill was actually also considered to be a director for this film, but um, she actually didn't want to be kind of seen as like the Carpenter's shadow. She wanted to kind of have her own thing, which she, of course, she would have her own kind of career. So she actually was approached to direct the film too, which is kind of interesting. Um, Carpenter did write the screenplay, but he admitted, he said, this is quote, he said, involved a lot of beer sitting in front of my typewriter saying, what the fuck am I doing? I don't know. He apparently said that he had about a six pack of butt every night when he was writing this film. And well, spoiler alert, it kind of shows, uh, but we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> there's also this whole plot twist to this film. I mean, we're in spoiler territory, folks. So if you're listening, if you don't care, who cares? But if you care, I'd say check out Halloween 2 before you listen. We always recommend that. The big plot twist, this is kind of a famous plot twist thing, but the big plot twist in this is, surprise, Laurie Stroud is actually Michael Myers' sister. Go figure. This was actually kind of shoehorned in the story. Um, Carpenter had kind of reservations on it, but um, this ended up becoming kind of the narrative arc for sort of the rest of the series. The, the Halloween franchise, like a lot of the horror franchises, plays kind of fast and loose with this canon. So as we do these movie reviews, we're going to find out, like, they change things around, things aren't always totally accurate with the story. Um, a lot of those films like that, like Freddy, the Nightmare movies, kind of change things up as they move to three about Freddy's origin and God, the, the Friday, the 13th movies, the first three or four all, all take place on the same weekend. And they're just mixed. They're everything's crazy in those movies. This one, especially Halloween. So um, Halloween two, of course, kicks off the plot of Laurie Stroud as Michael's sister, which would actually be kind of the main story for the, the sequels we're going to talk about until the series was kind of sort of soft rebooted a little bit in, in H2O. Uh, maybe we'll discuss that. Maybe we'll do it in H2O with resurrection because i don't know if i could spend a whole half hour hour talking about halloween resurrection that movie sucks ass but... 
But anyways, I guess we can kind of get into it. So this movie, like, like unlike a lot of sequels, actually takes place like right after the end of the first film. And it, even the first scene of this movie is literally kind of a bit of a recap, the ending scene of the last film, uh, albeit with sort of a little bit of a tweak score. And, you know, Michael Myers, Loomis comes in, sees Laurie being, you know, choked by Michael Myers. Loomis shoots Michael. Michael falls out of the window. And in the original Halloween, the ending, Loomis goes to look out over the balcony and Michael Myers is gone. And it's kind of implied like this guy's almost like a supernatural force, um, kind of like a representation of Sam Wynn itself, like this spirit of evil. And in this one, Michael Myers, of course, is also gone. And Lewis goes outside and Lewis, Loomis goes outside and immediately starts to look for Michael Myers. Meanwhile, Laurie Stroud, who, of course, been kind of knocked unconscious or something. She was awake and now she's asleep. Who knows? She's taken away by the local hospital staff. And actually, most of this movie actually focuses on the staff of the hospital kind of responding to the events of this film. Um, I guess we can kind of get into it. Um, there's This is a long movie. There's a lot of shit going on in this Um it, it really to me i i it was weird coming to this film because i only saw this for the first time last year have you seen this film before uh before watching it this recently uh quinn oh god yeah 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 no um i have it on um i have it on tape so yeah i watched it um i actually well i watched it in september and then i watched it again recently so yeah yeah. yeah, I only watched it for the first time last year. I've been, as I think I mentioned before, I've seen very few of the Halloween films. I saw the first one, the third one, and Resurrection way back in the day. So oh, yeah. I, I, I've actually been re-watching these sequels, you know, in preparation for the future episodes. And Halloween 2, I don't know about you, but I, I actually kind of struggled with it. I was, maybe my expectations were higher because it has most of the same crew back. It's shot by Dean Cundey. The movie looks incredible. Um, even a lot of the shots that Rick Rosenthal does with focusing on the shape as he walks around, it's kind of a bit more voyeuristic following him. Um, different uh, Michael Myers this time around. So Nick Castle, who played the shape in the first film, he's not. He's actually replaced by a stuntman called Dick Warlock. And it's kind of funny. They actually used the same mask, but the mask actually got a little bit scuffed up because it was left in storage. He kind of looks a bit shittier. He's a little bit wider. It doesn't, it looks, he's a little bit shorter too. He's yeah. an absolute unit. Um, but yeah. And uh, apparently Dana Carvey, I was just talking Master of Disguise. Fun fact, apparently he plays in this movie as a very small role, a non-speaking role. He's a guy wearing a blue baseball cap. I'm not sure which scene he's in, but... Apparently, really? Yeah, apparently. That, fun fact. So, you, you know, Master know of Disguise, a degree removed from Halloween too. There you go. Uh, you know, <laughs> we live in a simulation. Um, the first kind of half of this film is really following kind of the, 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 the fun adventures of Michael Myers as he walks around, kills a random woman... Um, you know, he's very, he's a violent individual, very creepy. There's a scene where a woman is kind of in her kitchen and, um, in watching this part of the movie, I, I only saw a little bit of the 2018 Halloween, but it reminded me a lot of that movie because I think it kind of really follows, it does a good job of following Michael as kind of this force in this, in this town, kind of the yep. presence of evil. And of course, Loomis is totally fucking unhinged. He's going around like, I shot him six times. He's like ranting and raving at people. He's like, I just shot him. Where is he? He's covered in blood. And people are like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, <laughs> but uh, including a crazy moment where Loomis sees Michael Myers and he's like, there he is. Stop him and chases him. And the guy runs away and gets fucking smoked by a truck and like hits a wall and like explodes. It's absolutely insane. Um, and spoiler alert, it's actually not Michael Myers. So Loomis unintentionally killed a, a young boy or something that was trick-or-treating. Doesn't get in any trouble for it whatsoever. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, sorry, it wasn't Michael Myers. And I'm like, where are the parents of this guy? Like, does anybody, there's a <laughs> friend who's like, oh, what happened to our friend? 
is there gonna be a legal issue because of this? I don't want to go all cinema sense, but it really took me out of the movie this whole part because I was like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, meanwhile, Laurie Stroud is totally out of commission. She's KO'd, she's sleeping, she's got awful wig on. Famously, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, you've seen the fog. She had changed her hair, I was doing other movies. They brought her back for this one, and she didn't have the same long brown hair she had in the first one, so she has to wear this kind of shitty looking strip straw hair wig. Doesn't look very good. Um, and actually. Um, this movie was, of course, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Uh, John Carpenter was involved in some of the scenes, allegedly, because uh, when they first screened it, they wanted to kind of make it a bit gorier. So Carpenter, any of the scenes with violence or gore, pretty much John Carpenter's work on it. So that's kind of fun. There's not a but like the gore in this. It's weird because I think this film is a lot different from Halloween. It it feels more like a conventional slasher. Um, as, I mean, the first film is kind of the the proto slasher for a lot of people, but this one, it, it, I was kind of shocked watching this and being like, this. You know, the first Halloween, people talk about the Friday the Thirteenth movie as being a rip off of Halloween. This one to me is almost like a rip off of Friday the Thirteenth. It feels like it's the same kind of Jason pacing or whatever. It's it was actually kind of bugging me because I'm it, it had some good elements to it, but it was such like a paint by numbers and all the stuff in the hospital to me just didn't work. It was so boring. The whole Lori's sister reveal, which going into it, I thought was going to be like a big thing. It's kind of like a one off thing. They're like they see the there's a scene where Lori finds out about Michael and she's kind of questioning it, and then later they see a knife on like a children's drawing. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, Michael's her sister, and I'm like, what the? Where did this come from? This has this could, like it just felt felt sh so shoehorned and didn't even really matter all that much. What what did you think overall though about Halloween two? Yeah, man. Um, you know it's yeah, like like you say, the the the, the hospital setting's boring. There is some pretty cool uh pretty cool kills i guess like yeah probably the, the hot tub um yeah a hot tub in a hospital i didn't know those those were a thing but yeah no i guess if you know take a little load off and also didn't realize you could just crank the heat to uh, literally like temperatures like boil like literally like soup boiling temperature <laughs> there's a little gauge that says do not turn it over 100 it's like okay sorry <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like the Michael Jackson bad video when he's like, uh, when he's, uh, or no, it's the black and white video when he like turns it up and it's just like, are you like, it's like volume maximum overdrive. And then at the end, it's like, are you nuts? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's like the level of volume. It's like, that, yeah. So that scene slayed me too, because like, I know I, it's been rare where I've seen a movie where there was never been more of a reason. They only threw the scene in because they wanted to show the actress naked and just show her tits because they're just like, the camera just focuses on her, like yeah. undoing her shirt, and like, yeah. we, which even when she's getting like horrifically drowned, she's like, ah, popping up like that, and like, ah, and I'm like, what? This is so gratuitous. Like, it was cracking yeah. me up because it's so yeah. silly, and she's got that shitty makeup on her face of the crappy skin. It was kind of, it was a cool kill though. Obviously, yeah. it, it, that that kill's been recreated, I think, in a few other movies. Too, oh sure, it's pretty horrifying to watch, but um, yeah. it was taking me out because it was so over the top, like silly. Um, kind of compared to the rest of the film it's not nothing like that but yeah it was wild no yeah for sure like yeah i know halloween 2 is definitely not um i'm a big halloween fan even like the bad ones but mm -hmm. this is definitely on the lower scale when it comes to it's down there with resurrection and all that stuff so <laughs> um yeah um not not a great not a great movie and and it is it is boring it is a little struggling um it's long it's like 40 minutes until like michael myers finally gets to the hospital yeah uh, I, was, yeah. I was tracking on like the time i was like wow and isn't it isn't it set the same night as halloween one just later yeah, it's, it's actually the, yeah it's later and actually i was reading this is the only halloween film that actually takes place after halloween because it kind of spends the night of and then into the next morning so technically right. it's a november 1st movie at the end i guess yeah uh, yeah it's pretty much all the same night of 
within i guess this, the sense the scale of time of this movie is weird because i'm like the, when did the last way. movie end like 10 p.m like how many how many fucking hours are left in in halloween like <laughs> michael myers is walking across town he's like uh like like making good time or something uh yeah. but yeah and for me i will say like I, when i first time i watched this last year did not like it thought it was so dumb i watched it right after halloween which kind of soured it for me but re-watching it i was a little bit more positive because i will say maybe after watching like four and five i do think this film does a good job at capturing michael myers as kind of an entity of evil like he does have this kind of weird presence as being this sort of figure and even the i think near the end the best part of the movie is finally when he gets to the hospital and loomis is there trying to save laurie michael myers is like a really scary presence like he's being shot at multiple times he's like a ghost he's like loomis is like die like shooting him there's that great scene where laurie later when he, she's kind of being confronted he, she shoots him right in the head and he's yeah. bleeding out everywhere but he's still alive and he's swinging the knife it's like he feels like this just machine supernatural and, um, like and I love Halloween. I'll talk about Halloween four and five later, but I, I like those movies, but I feel like they make Michael Myers more. He feels like more of like a, this tangible person and yeah. it takes away a little bit of it. I feel like in the this film, he's, he does have that kind of almost inhuman quality to him. Like you don't even, he feels like a ghost or some kind of thing out of place and time. Uh, but yeah, the movie really drags, but I really did like the kind of final sequence where Michael finally gets to the hotel. Lori finally fucking wakes up. She's been like in a coma half the film. It's so boring. And then the, the most of the film is just paint by numbers, killing of random hospital staff. The gore effects aren't particularly amazing. Like there's a scene where one of the security guards gets stabbed and it's like a little ketchup squit in his face and cuts yeah. away. Um, it feels like, you know, this one had a moderately higher budget, but it still feels a little bit limited compared to kind of what they got away with Halloween, which is a very, frankly, kind of bloodless film. It's very more based on just um, dread, the sense of dread and what's happening. Like the the scene where, you know, the, the woman, I think it's is it Annie, where she's like doing the laundry and going back for that scene is so long. And every moment you think Michael Myers is going to pop out and kill her. And it goes on and on to the point where you're like the tension's building. And this one, it's more of a conventional Friday the 13th style characters like what's that noise Ugh, gets like looked or hammer in the head and there is yeah. so many kills in this it's crazy like the first Halloween I think there's only like two or three deaths this one it's like pick your pick your person everyone gets fucking chopped around in this movie uh, <laughs> yeah uh, anything else that really studied to you I did again I like the the hot tub was probably gory kill but there yeah. wasn't a whole lot else here I actually started to kind of zone out halfway but I did like the ending with Loomis blowing up the fucking a room i can't believe this is back and forth because like how the fuck yeah. did he survive this he like gas everywhere it's like yeah but... that's the, like i mean Lo loomis is a great character so i do like that aspect of the film yeah. um it is very obvious that it isn't nick castle as the shape in yeah, this it so totally it is different. sort of like whatever um uh, you know even though we're big jamie lee curtis fans she's not great in this and it's just it's just yeah it's, it's just overall a letdown highlight for me is definitely the hot tub um it's always been for me i just always thought that was just a badass kill fun funny and pretty wild um yeah. but the music yeah, of this is pretty good though i will say it's a little bit more like yeah. the sentiment cranked up the opening yep. titles with the skull and the the pumpkin is really cool as well too and yes. this has got one of the all-time great movie posters with the kind of pumpkin skull yeah it's so iconic it's so good it is. Yeah, like I want to get like a Halloween two shirt with like the pumpkin skull. Like that's that would something be I definitely want to get. But yeah, yeah, I, I guess for me, there's been a lot of people that like I think this movie for many years people were kind of mixed on. It feels like more recently there's been a big 
a lot of people really love this film. It's been I've seen a lot online many people they think considers to be their favorite Halloween sequel. People talk about it as being a classic. I don't know. Like we're gonna. I don't want to jump too far ahead to the later sequels, but I've only just watched Halloween four and five for the first time, and I'm really liking them. And I'm kind of like, what am I missing that other people aren't? So, um, for me, this was just such a disappointment because it's pretty much the same people involved. I know less Carpenter, less Deborah Hill, but it's the same group. It's much of the same cast. It's got a great kind of story setting of you know Michael Myers is still out there. It just feels so conventional. It plays it so safe. Moderately higher production values. Like they probably waste all that budget on that goddamn truck exploding. But this had like I think a two point five million budget versus the sub million of the last film. Um, but it, it looks good. I think Dean Cundey shoots the hell of it. I just think that maybe he could have done with an editor because it feels like he's just shooting all these beautiful panoramic widescreen shots of halloween the colors especially in the end they look so good but it feels like the film just really needed to be cut down like there's just so much stuff happening it feels like rick rosenthal was really letting him just shoot whatever and they were just kind of adding everything there's a lot of there's even a bunch of deleted scenes as well too i'm like man this movie could have been even longer um in the blu-ray there's like an extra scene where we kind of have some scenes with Lori at the hospital which actually worked pretty well because it kind of the more Lori that's involved, the better, because you're kind of more connected with her character. I could care less about all the nurses and hospital staff kind of dicking around at this fucking empty ass hospital. There's no one else there. Like, it's just like the most lifeless hospital in this small town. Like, it's it's wild. Um, should note as well, when this movie came out, it was actually a pretty big success. I think it was um, it, it did pretty good. I think it made twenty five point five million domestic, which for 1981 standards for the budget, very good success. Um it even did better than some of the other horrors that came out at that same time. You know, in 1981, we get Omen 3, The Howling, and Friday the 13th Part 2. Did better than those films. Critically, was a bit mixed. Roger Ebert was uh, our good friend Roger. Didn't like the film. He called it a fall from grace compared to the last one. Um, people kind of noted that it's pretty much just redoing Halloween to an extent, just piling up the kills. And people actually did point out, some cont contemporary critics at the time did point out that this film seemed to borrow elements from some of the Halloween imitators, notably Friday the 13th. So it people did kind of pick on the fact that it was, you know, it inspired this wave of Halloween ripoffs. And it's kind of going to these ripoffs and taking their elements away. It's like, it's like the Theseus ship of fucking movies. It's like, it's just taking pieces of other things that are inspired by it. Is it still the same movie? I don't know, but um, was, it was popular commercially anyways. Um, it also got an alternate cut and I, Halloween, the original Halloween as well did too. I think um, around the time this movie came out, Carpenter actually shot and filmed some scenes that were added to the Halloween uh, cut for, for NBC. And this one, they also did some additional cuts that kind of softened the violence uh, in this film for the television audience. Um, of course, it's gotten tons of releases, tape, Blu-ray. Um, recently, of course, uh, Shout Factory did a whole special 4K re-release of their Halloween Blu-ray. So this one and most of the original sequels. And I think they just announced, maybe it's out now, they're doing a, some for the later 90s sequels as well, too. I have the Halloween Shout Factory uh, release here. Um, I haven't checked it out yet, but I'm excited to get into it. And I would be down to check this one out, too, with uh, some interviews and all that crap. I, I love that stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, we could probably get into the ratings then because I, I I just I gave us a two and a half for me. It was a bit of a disappointment. It looks great. I did come into it a bit more positive because to me, I think it does capture a lot of the spirit of the last film, the kind of mystical Halloween, it, it, the, the atmosphere of it. It does a pretty good job with it. But I don't know if it's all that good. Like, to me, Halloween 3 smokes this movie. I even think I kind of like Halloween 4 and 5 more than this movie, which is yep, weird. I do. <clears throat> and I think they're a lot more just fun and creative. But I do like how they do Michael Myers in this. I think they capture his style spirit pretty well. It's just so long, so bloated. The kills are pretty mundane. 
it just it, it takes like a good while to get going when, when it actually gets to the hospital when Lori's running away from michael and you know loomis is there too and it's dangerous most everyone's dead it's just her left it actually does feel really good and i kind of wish the movie was more like that because i really enjoyed that part of the movie but uh doesn't justify the first 40 minutes of filler so two and a half for me how about you uh quinn yeah i also gave it a two and a half <clears throat> excuse me like john said uh tries too hard you know just kind of bad writing um uh, yeah it's just it just doesn't feel like a, a a halloween movie especially one that uh includes loomis and uh jamie lee curtis yeah. they're just there's just a lot of um coziness missing i think that comes from like you know being in haddonfield and being in the sort of um you know the the, the small town setting i think yeah I think the hospital steal, steals from that a little bit. Um, so I gave it a two and a half. And I know our buddy Curtis, who isn't here, uh, he gave it a three out of five. And he also left some notes so I can read those quick. Yeah. Um, he said, this is a fairly dull sequel to John Carpenter's original, and it picks up shortly after the first one ends. The hospital forms a centerpiece with its dark hallways and haunted corridors. Why is no one working? Why are the lights always out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's dark, darkest fucking hotel in the world. You know, it's yeah. Reagan. It's post-Jimmy -Car Carter. You know, the economy was the crapper. They couldn't run electricity all that much. That's I guess. it. I he goes, uh, still better, still way better than the Rob Zombies Halloween, uh, <laughs> Halloween 2, and certainly watchable enough with some decent kills, the hot tub scene. Okay, so we can all agree the hot tub scene is where it's at. Yeah. And hilarious. He goes, Shout out to that wacky scene where Loomis shoots that teenager and he hits the police truck <laughs> yeah. loads. LOL. That is a I, great... <laughs> I literally laughed the first time I watched it last year. I started oh, yeah. like laughing because I was like, I could not believe I'm seeing this. It feels like I'm watching fucking Fast and Furious. Like, And the kid's like burning like to death. Like you're yes. just seeing this guy on fire. It's like, yes. is it him? And Loomis is like, uh, I don't know. It's I like, don't know. You, fuck, yeah. you fucked up, man. Oh, man. Yeah. So Curtis was a little bit more positive on it, I guess, compared to us. But we're all pretty much aligned. I think overall, I, I if I was smart, I would have calculated our average score uh, before we chatted. But that's to say I am not. But what did we get over give overall? 2.67. Pretty good. You know, yeah. I, I'll be frank. Actually, I think I've only seen the first five on my letterbox. And I actually have this ranked, I think, lowest. I think this is I, I think th well, we're going to talk three next week. I love Halloween three. One of my favorite movies ever excited yeah. to gush about it um halloween I 2 i will say halloween 2 it's a direct sequel to halloween it's got some good elements if you love halloween if you love michael myers there are people out there who really dig halloween 2 there's been a kind of a recent wave of people reclaiming this movie calling it a really great horror calling it one of the best of the series so there is an audience out there for this film maybe you listening are one of those members so if you've never seen halloween 2 should check it out um and of course we're going to talk some more halloween stuff uh over the next a uh, few weeks I, really it was interesting reading about kind of the transition between kind of the carpenter hill halloween to the more of the uh uh the akkad halloweens when they kind of sold the rights and kind of all the weird shit that happened and some of those movies are like there's just like halloween five and six there's like director's cuts and producer's cuts and there's like there's been a lot there's a lot of changes to these films and they're almost like i i love about that about movies when you read about all the crazy shit that went on behind the scenes production and also the movies themselves like how they were shot and reshot and all that stuff it makes it really interesting so excited to kind of get into more of that with these films so that's to say next week 
We're talking Halloween three. We're back. We're talking a season of the witch saw Michael Myers. I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, kind of a bit of a oddball film in the series. I feel like all the main horror franchises always have kind of the one weird one, like Friday the 13th part five is like that. And I guess even you could kind of say for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street part two is kind of like that too. It feels like almost like completely separate entity from the series, but a movie that personally I like, so I'm excited to talk about it. Um, that takes us about to the end. I know you got to run Quinn. Um, anything you want to mention or plug before we uh, wrap things up this week? Uh, no, just check out my, um, the, the review page I do uh, at seat truck reviews. Um, I do uh, positive only mu- uh, movie reviews on stuff that I've enjoyed and, and I would recommend. So check that out. Um, I'll be definitely um, sending or, I guess releasing some of those more soon. Um, kind of, I've been busy lately, but I'm I'm still writing, and uh, I will be uh, posting some of those up soon. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, cool stuff. What about you, John? I guess I'll, I'll plug Domestic Pine Selling, my beer podcast. Uh, I put it in the show notes. It's, you can scroll down. You're listening. Scroll your phone down. It's there. Uh, you can search down wherever you find podcasts. We're doing some fun episodes. We just did one talking some uh, seltzers. We're doing a bunch of kind of seltzers and ciders because we're. Uh, we're in the midst of sending stuff to each other. So we don't have a lot of stuff to talk about. So we're like, okay, what can we all easily find at the store? And that's been our kind of modus operandi for the last uh, little while um, after the wedding. So did that. Um, I, I will note as well too, because Curtis is not here in, in our show notes. Curtis has his personal website, which kind of has a summary of his works and his academic uh, background because he's a professor, but also has some of his writings and stuff. I think he's has a book that's going to be coming out very soon. Um, so when, when that drops, he'll of course mention that. So stay tuned for that. And um, for those of you listening, if you love Halloween, if you love horror, uh, reach out to us. We've had a few good recurring guests, and we're happy to have more folks on. Um, if you're a fan, if you listen, if there's something you want to talk about, I, I will shout out to the Letterbox because I'm a big Letterbox guy. I know for a fact there's a few people who follow me follow me on Letterbox who've been listening to these podcasts. So if you're listening to me because you found me on there, Johnny Cakes, you're welcome. Give me a shout out. You're, we'd love to have you on. I know a few of you are really big into horror and love talking movies. So um, anyone out there, if you find me there. feel free to reach out happy chat so that wraps things up so everyone stay safe stay spooky we're the the horror engine is still chugging we're talking more spooky stuff on seats truck to come we'll see y'all next week mr simon bring me a dream make him the cutest that i've ever seen give him two lips like roses and clover bum, bum, bum. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over Sunday